issues, the substitution of friends for family, the normalization of out-of-wedlock pregnancy. Good luck, Dad. My sisters and I ended up watching all the shows our friends watched, so I've seen virtually every episode of The Simpsons. I currently own all ten seasons of Friends. My wife is a huge fan, and I gave them to her as a Hanukkah present. I know the ins and outs of Dawson's Creek, the trials and tribulations of the practice, even the ups and downs of Becker. There's not much showing at 3 p.m. on TBS. During finals week of my first year at Harvard Law School, I watched the first two seasons of Lost. When I was in college, I staked out a shoot of 24 near my parents' house for five hours to get a picture with Kiefer Sutherland. Then one day, as I was watching Friends, it struck me. Dad was right. It was the one with the birth. Ross's lesbian ex-wife Carol is having his baby, and Ross is understandably perturbed that Carol and her lesbian lover will be bringing up his child. While Ross is going quietly cuckoo, Phoebe approaches him. When I was growing up, she tells him, you know, my dad left and my mother died and my stepfather went to jail, so I barely had enough pieces of parents to make one whole one. And here's this little baby who has three whole parents who care about it so much that they're fighting over who gets to love it the most. And it's not even born yet. It's just, it's just the luckiest baby in the whole world. Pregnant lesbians and three-parent households portrayed as not only normal, but admirable. This wasn't exactly Dick Van Dyke. And it wasn't one random episode of Friends. The propagation of liberal values was endemic to the industry. While Ross was busy walking his lesbian ex-wife down the aisle for her wedding to her new lover, Samantha was chatting graphically about oral sex with Charlotte on Sex in the City. Shavonda and Sarah were going topless and French kissing each other on the real world Philadelphia. A gay man and a single woman were considering whether to have a baby together on Will and Grace. Kate was deciding in favor of abortion on Everwood, and the city of Springfield was legalizing gay marriage on The Simpsons. It hit me that I was watching the culture being changed before my eyes. These weren't just television episodes. They were pieces of small-scale, insidiously brilliant leftist propaganda. And they weren't merely anecdotal incidents. They were endemic to the industry. No matter where I turned, I began to see that liberal politics pervaded entertainment. The shows that pushed the cultural envelope received the greatest media attention and often the greatest number of viewers. The shows that embraced traditional values, well, there weren't any shows that openly embraced traditional values. The overwhelming leftism of American television was too universal to be merely coincidence. It had to be the product of a concerted effort a system designed to function as an ideological strainer through which conservatism simply could not pass. And the more I investigated, the more I saw that Hollywood was just that, a carefully constructed mechanism designed by television's honchos to blow a hole in the dike of American culture. Television's best and brightest wanted to set America sliding down the slippery slope away from its Judeo-Christian heritage and toward a more cultivated, refined, Europeanized sensibility. And they succeeded. This book tells the story of that success, a success planned by some, coordinated by others, and implemented by a vast group of like-minded, politically motivated people infusing their values both consciously and unconsciously into their work. It is no great shocking revelation that television is liberal. Conservatives like Robert Bork and Donald Wildman 
among others, have criticized television for years. Typically, such critics have tackled television from a purely moral perspective, in a tone of opprobrium, responding in a largely sporadic fashion to a series of daily outrages. They pick up on the most egregious abuses of broadcasting liberty, attacking the content that comes across their screens. Everything these critics say is accurate. Television has been the most impressive weapon in the left's political arsenal. But to the evident frustration of conservative cultural critics, this moralistic argument has been utterly ineffective. I know, because I made precisely the same arguments in Porn Generation how social liberalism is corrupting our future. In that book, I looked at the television industry and analyzed many of the shows on the small screen. Like Bork and Wildman, I was highly critical of television's liberal content and called for a boycott of particular advertisers as well as tighter FCC regulation of television content.